you're going to tilt in and out of balance in life, particularly as a performer with all that comes with that. It's not failure to tilt out of balance. It's just life. Ready to go learn how to live healthier, wealthier and wiser as an artist in showbiz? Hey, I'm Lara Bianca Pilcher. I'm crazy about helping artists to live out their creative dreams and nurture themselves at the foundation of their creative career. I'm an artist and actor and showbiz educator with over 20 years in the arts and entertainment industry in London, Australia and now Atlanta, USA. I'm here to show you how to navigate this topsy-turvy world called showbiz, uncover the secrets of success, unlocking the powerful artist you are. I've done a lot, performed, worked in TV, film, radio, stage, produced, directed, choreographed, acting, singing, voice work, musical theatre, dance company, toured, moved, casting, auditioned, self-tape, teaching, press, critics, branding, marketing, side hustles and all the hoo-ha while maintaining a happy marriage with two gorgeous kids. And there will only be real talk here, friends. Think of this podcast as a masterclass in helping you build your creative career while also learning how to holistically navigate the artist's life. This is the Healthy, Wealthy, Wise Artist Podcast. Let's talk about how to juggle a performing arts career. And this episode really is for everybody and anybody that needs help with all of the things that we need to spin in life. The performing arts industry in particular requires a lot of flexibility because there's a lack of consistency the majority of the time. Auditions and casting calls are unpredictable. Materials such as scripts, lyrics and music can arrive at the last minute (laughs) to learn, you know, last minute, literally the night before for the next day. And performers also need to maintain their technique, attend rehearsals, classes and things like that in order to do so. And it just becomes a juggle, the performer life. You know, this episode's going to be in two parts. Part A is tips for all performers and all people for that fact. (laughs) Part B is tips for performers that are also parents or want to be. Because that is a next level juggle and I know that juggle really well. So when we get to that point, part B, listen, if you want to be a parent one day or are currently a parent, but if it's not relevant to you at part B, feel free to stop listening. So I did a thing. I started a performing arts Amazon storefront under Lara Bianca Pilcher and I put there everything that I recommend performing artists use for dance, singing, acting, musical theatre, everything I've used, even what my daughter uses for her dance classes and you can head in there and find even the parenting books I recommend, the beauty products I use, the pillow I sleep on. It's getting very personal but things that I really have tried myself and love myself self-taping tools are all there you can just go to amazon.com slash store slash Lara Bianca Pilcher you can also find it through my Instagram bio there's a link there for my store and also on my Facebook that is amazon.com slash shop slash Lara Bianca Pilcher check it out and enjoy all right let's dig into part a First of all, in case you didn't know that you're really busy and there's a lot of balls and plates you need to spin and balls to juggle, here are some of the things that you may be juggling. Tick them off in your head. Performance technique maintenance, employment and earning a living, performing, rehearsing, castings, auditions. Some of us go to church and faith and that's a commitment on a Sunday. Health, romantic relationships or your marriage relationship with your child or children and their activities oh my goodness relationships with your parents and family friendships volunteering getting around it takes time transport 
Time alone to decompress and recharge, employment responsibilities and relationships there with our employers, house bills, management, exercise. That's a priority for so many performers. It needs to be. There's just a lot. I mean, the list goes on. Life for an artist, as we know, it can be exhausting. And I've spent the majority of my career around working artists, and I am one myself. And I've witnessed the life juggle of so many career performers and other artists. It helps if you have a flexible job and lifestyle because performing comes first. For most performers, auditions become your priority and they often, as we know, push other things aside, particularly for actors, triple threats and dancers where things come up very last minute. Choosing a parallel career that enables focus on an artist's showbiz world, and showbiz is everything in the arts and entertainment industry, it's just vital. And I did a recent blog on side hustles and you can go back and listen to both the blog and the links actually. There's a story that you can read and there's an episode you can listen to just a few episodes back. But the juggle is real for performers. I'm going to tell you a little story about probably the most tricky juggle that I've ever gone through. And man, if you've got a great story, please DM me. I would love to hear it, particularly if it's one like this. This is crazy. So I was living in Melbourne As you know, I live in the US now and I lived in (laughs) London before, so I've definitely been around and I'm going to share some more about that in future episodes. But I was living in Melbourne and I was in the USA for my brother's wedding. And the day before my flight back, an audition for a major musical in Australia came through. So I rescheduled my flight and arrived in Melbourne the morning of my audition. Now, if you've ever flown long haul to Australia, you know that that is over probably 24 hours of flying time, not including the layovers. So I arrive on the morning of my audition because that's the best I could do with the timeline. And I have a hotel that's booked so I can go in there. I haven't slept other than on the plane and I've got like three hours to get hair and makeup done in the hotel and get straight to the audition. Needless to say, The audition actually considering went really well. I had to sing and I was amazed I could and I had a little bit of a cold. (laughs) Needless to say that that's the life of a freelance performer. It can be utterly crazy. I mean, the juggle is real for performers. Yes, I could have decided I'm not going to go to that audition, but it was perfect for me, the role. And not only that, it was literally the day before I came back. So I managed to make it work, (laughs) but sometimes we can't. And that's true. So what I'm saying is life for a freelance performer can be utterly crazy. The juggle is so real and we need financial stability and the flexibility to drop what we're doing and get to the audition, meet the submission deadlines, say yes to the gig, etc, etc. You know, some performers manage to have full-time support employment and I admire that. It, It can be really tough to handle those sorts of things and a career, but What I've learned through moving a lot is that it depends on the market you're living and working in. For example, for me, a Melbourne market when I was living there, you might have five major auditions and not talking about little ones that are commercials, which of course are great pay sometimes, but not talking about that. But five, you know, major, we're talking feature films or major musicals that are coming through. But living in a place like New York or London, you might get five a week. And it might be different, of course, everybody is different, but that's what many of my friends have experienced, I've experienced, and I've heard so many Londoners and New Yorkers say. 
think about you know where you live and what's possible for you in terms of can you juggle a full-time job and you probably already know the answer to that. Having lived in these three different arts markets, London, Melbourne, Atlanta, I can tell you that in Melbourne I could work a part-time regular hours job where I was on salary rather than um, casual which meant I got sick leave and all of that. In London I could not juggle that. It just didn't work with the nature of how London works. It's just too busy. And now that I'm in Atlanta, it's probably similar, but self-taping world has changed things. It means that you can do more in your own time, which is actually great, but it's still a juggle. And I think we know that, you know, performers need energy, mental clarity, and focus to remember choreography, music, lyrics, or lines. You know, life can be a juggle and draining and that energy is often a fight for performers because we struggle with all of those things and then having the energy for what our primary thing is our, our art and our focus can struggle and the truth is that most performers only book work for some of the year in their craft not all but the majority and if they are working their contract is going to end at some point so it's often short-term gigs unless you're a series regular or booked in like a tour with Cirque du Soleil or whatever that might be But performers usually drop everything at the last minute when a performance opportunity comes up because it's a chance to do what they do and their primary job, they would say. And and if you're going to call yourself a performer as a career, your primary commitment is always your art. And we know that if you are a full-time artist. So owning your desire to perform is just vital. And I recommend not hiding it from your side hustle or parallel career employers. But I know that that's really hard. I've had things come up when I, even with my regular job in Melbourne, I had one particular time where I was like, oh my goodness, a show's scheduled um, on a work day and I was only working two days a week um, and I got permission to perform, but man, that's not always easy. Um, So it's hard. You don't want to hide it (laughs) because you don't want to get caught out and then get fired. But you know, it takes work to build a performing career and work to support yourself in another job in the process. And we need to own our desires and let our close friends and family know that life can be sometimes a little messy for performers and a little topsy-turvy that we're going to cancel last minute occasionally, things like that. But our friends and our family and our community, their support when we've explained what it's like you know, that can help us get through some very tough times. So I'm about to give you 17 express tips of how I juggle a performing arts career, how I juggle everything that comes with it, because we know it's not just the acting or not just the dancing or whatever that is for you. It's juggling your job, auditioning, parenting, if that's relevant, friends, there's so many. And I'm going to give you 17 tips of things that I do in my life and that I've learned over many years of doing this and sometimes majority of the time learned the hard way. So number one, know yourself. Easier said than done. But here's how. Throw the balls you most value first. So if you know what you value first, that's part of knowing yourself. And if you don't know what you value first, if you think, oh, it's just this, but actually in reality, there's other things you're valuing at the equal to your performing, grab my free values workbook. It's on my website. If you just go to the homepage on my website, larabiancapilcher.com, scroll down to the mustard color and just fill in your details and you can get that freebie. And that's just a quick workbook that can help you realize, actually, there are a few things I value the most. And 
by doing that, you get to know yourself better. And I've done that exercise myself, hence why I'm suggesting it's a great way to know which balls you juggle first, the red ones or the blue ones, so to speak. Number two, self-care is vital to productivity. I'm really big on this. This is not just one of those statements that you get on a quote on social media, but you really will have a greater capacity for juggling all that life brings when you have a self-care routine of healthy habits. And I have loads of products that I use towards that. And as I mentioned before, I've got an Amazon store, amazon.com slash store slash Larabianca And you can find some of the products I use to care for myself, but you don't even need products. That's something that everybody knows, you know, you need sleep, you need water, you need sunshine, things like that are also very important. But I really believe I'm best with my productivity when I'm caring for myself. Learn what you can and can't control. We can't control everything in life. I try to focus on what I can control this day. And so much of performing can just knock you out. And you can't control that. But there are so many things you can in a healthy way. Number four, recognize the season you're in. This is something that I highly ever hear in the performing arts world. But we all have desert seasons and we have seasons of abundance. Embrace the seasons as they change, just as the weather does. You know, you can go through life and adapt to each season and find a way to be productive within whatever season you're in. Number five is to practice thankfulness. So many people just say gratitude, practice it. I've got a gratitude journal, things like that. And I'm sure you're tired of hearing it. But gratitude actually scientifically helps eliminate worry. And I actually do this. I journal what drains me weekly and what energizes me. And I've discovered so much through that. If I hadn't journaled and taken a minute with myself, I wouldn't even know. So I adjust my activities accordingly. And I've said it before that something I discovered, I was like, oh my goodness, setting out and watching my son ride his bicycle while I'm on the front deck with a coffee in the afternoon after they get home from school, rather than continuing to work, that actually energized me. And then I was able to go back to work after that with a fresh mindset and actually achieve a lot more. So be aware of that. Number six, manage expectations with honesty. I'm a really big believer in integrity. I don't lie. I don't put lies out there in the industry because I think that people get to know you by your reputation and we've got to have integrity in our work and our art and it reduces our stress when we do. And in all our commitments, of course, performing is our priority. That's just how it is. And we signed up for a performing career. So there has to be acceptance of what it does in your life. But the more you operate with integrity, I actually think it helps you to not stress and be able to juggle the balls with more peace, because that certainly would throw out peace for me. Number seven, (laughs) I'm laughing because I say this to my husband every single day, systems. Anytime something's lacking a system, something keeps going wrong. I think what system isn't working or put a system in place. James Clear has an amazing book, Atomic Habits. Actually, again, on my Amazon storefront, you can get that. You do not rise to the level of your goals, he says. You fall to the level of your systems. Your goal is your desired outcome and your system is the collection of daily habits that will get you there. And that just messes with, you know, go after your goals because it's actually systems that we need to go after to get there. And systems are my way of achieving much. 
and I have little systems and big systems. A little system, for example, I get out of the car, my keys go on the rack immediately and I've intentionally put the rack right near the door and that's a system so I never lose my keys. So there's a lot of things like that, big and small, in my life. My workouts have a system. They're in my diary. Everything is systematic because that's what works. And did I say system enough? That's how you reach your goals. (laughs) Number eight, supportive community. Look, I've moved a lot and having a strong community around you is so vital. And it's so vital for artists in particular because of the nature of what we do. You don't have to just hang out with artists. I've done both. I've had just artists, but that can keep you in the kind of, I don't know, at times tornado of how the destructive ways that the industry thinks as a whole, um, the value system and everyone around you chasing the same value system can actually not be supportive at times. So make sure you've got friends in and out of the industry. It helps balance you. So invest in finding and keeping friends social fitness just like everything else we need to do reach out to people do a social fitness activity every day text somebody call somebody make sure you've got people you can talk to laugh with support each other and it's not just one way it's equal number nine identify your best time of day what is your most productive time For me, it is in the morning after breakfast, coffee first, please. (laughs) If you know me, you know that's true. And I I feel like I just get a lot done at that time. In In the afternoon, like many people, I feel a little drop, but that's okay. That's when my kids get home, I have a coffee, like I said, um, spend some time with them. But uh, a little later, I get like a second wind and that's a great time for me to get back into a bit more of whatever it is that I'm working on, particularly if it's things like memorizing lines. Okay, we've all heard the word morning routine and I hate the word routine. It actually makes me (laughs) feel stressed and I think some people love routine. My husband does. He'll happily have the same sort of meals every day, you know, same breakfast. I'm like, give me change and that's probably why I suit a performing arts career because it is change all the time. But instead of calling it a morning routine, you could call it a morning reset or a flexible reset that happens at any time of day or lots of times a day. I have a morning reset that works for me. It does happen to be a routine that I do every morning, but that word again, don't let it put you off. I journal my three priorities for that day. I write down just anything. I just write down my thoughts, anything I need to get out. And it just gives me a sense of what are the top two things, uh, three things I value the most that I wanna do first, and then I work on the little rocks. If you don't know what I mean by rocks, it's this image that um, I saw on a YouTube video where how do you fit more in, how do you juggle all the things? And there was a a picture of this, a glass, and you put all the tiny rocks in first and then you kind of try and stuff these big rocks in and they don't fit. But then the video goes on to put the big rocks in the jar first and then the little rocks kind of just slid all around in the gaps and everything did fit in the jar. They were challenging people to get it to all fit. And the theory there is that when we put out, like I said, my three big things for that day, that I get them out the way. And today it's, as I'm recording this, it's midday and I've done my three big things. I feel a great sense of achievement and now I can get on with my little rocks. So I think having that is really, really important. I schedule movement. I'm not saying workouts, just generally. I schedule movement and they are workouts, but I have a non-negotiable amount of workouts in my diary and my mind does not entertain the thought of missing them based on my feelings anymore. 
I had a lot more trouble with that in my early 20s. I don't feel like it, but I've learned to ignore those and not even have a conversation with my own mind about it. And it's just like, no, brain, that's (laughs) non-negotiable. So that's something that's a skill that's taken me some time to master. Number 12, I did say it, it is the big rocks first. So I'll just leave it there. Number 13, appearance. A priority for performers. If you are going somewhere that you need time to prepare what you look like, particularly for females, make sure you factor that time in because our body is our instrument. I had a class last night. I knew I was going to be on camera and I feel more confident when I'm showing up because I've given myself time to prepare and get ready and not pack things in. I know it's not always possible, but I think that it does help. Um, not an area to be stingy in with your time if you can avoid it, but it depends on you know your career choice, what, what art form you're doing, of course, as well. Healthy meal prep is number 14. I prepare most of my family's menu plans on the weekend. I prep meals as much as possible. That way the week flows more manageably and I get healthy meals into my body without stress. And I do things like make kind of big dishes for the children and then I cook a protein on the day and the the rice or whatever the pasta dish is ready to go because that keeps for a few days well in the fridge and then that way I've got a bit more time to actually do my own meals. Another thing that matters is performance prep time daily. That's one of my big rocks. Yesterday that was a big rock for me. I had to prep for a performance on camera and I did that for the majority of the day. If you're likely to have many requests for things like self-tapes and other performance prep, you've got to have the time block for this. It's again affected by the market that you live in somewhere around the world. 16, admin and social media time. What a waste of life to check our social media many times a day, but so many people mindlessly do. So we need to aim to teach ourselves to be intentional with our time. Because I believe, I honestly do, that you can teach yourself to be more mindful of your time use. You can learn to focus without getting distracted. It's a skill we've developed. And there's this kind of rumor going around that humans have lost the capacity to um, focus. Uh, It's, you know, almost like something's going wrong with our brain because of how we are, but there's no scientific data to support that. It's actually that we're out of practice with focus We're so used to multitasking and in the middle of it, you know, you'll be watching a film and then you're checking your media, that kind of multitasking. We can train ourselves out of it because yes, there's a little reward thing that's fired in our brains when we look at our phone and we see those little likes or whatever it is. And knowing that just go, I don't need that. I'm already worthy. Take a breath and train yourself out of it because it's such a waste of time and it's actually very draining. Speaking of that, something that I've started to do, sleep and screen-free evenings as much as you can. 17, this is point 17. Many performers perform at night. So determine what works for you. If you work during the day, know the time that you're going to knock off, particularly if you're freelance and you're working for yourself that day. Stop screens after your knockoff time to avoid disturbing your sleep blue light really does it interferes with the natural melatonin that is released in the evening when it's particularly when our room is dim so instead of having all the lights on and being in the dark and staring at a bright phone which is going to interfere it's like telling your brain is we've got this circadian rhythm that knows night and day I remember teaching it to my children because children babies are born without knowing that rhythm 
and darkness and light was very important in that. So something you can do instead, particularly if you've got a lot on your mind, is just have a little journal time before bed of the things that you need to do the next day or anything that is really weighing on you that might interfere with your sleep. If you pray, pray. Whatever it is before bed, that will really get you into a a great screen-free sleepy evening and sleep the right amount. It's not that hard. And if it is, you can't consistently get the right amount of sleep. I would probably challenge that something's got to go. That's not okay. Maybe it's just bad habits, but I'll leave that with you. (laughs) Oh, bonus one, number 18, (laughs) schedule, schedule everything. Work into a planner with everything you need to fit in. Classes, errands, groceries, everything. Now, this is not for people that can fit everything in. But if you're struggling to fit everything, it is actually systems and scheduling that will help you to be able to achieve all of the things you need to fit. And it also gives you peace of mind. So for me, even within that, I've got in my diary time, I'll actually plan my social media posts because that is part of what I do with LaraBiancaPilcher.com. And that way... I don't have to think about it every day. I've got my time that I do it on the 25th of the month for the next month. The performing arts industry as a whole requires us to be flexible. It doesn't have a consistent time structure the majority of the time. And the busier you are, the more you need to work in a routine that suits you and works for you. All we can do is the best we can do in this place. You're going to tilt in and out of balance in life and that's not failure that's just life okay i'm going to move into part b juggle tips for performers who are parents or future parents you never know you might learn something that will save you one day in the future (laughs) i hear it so much i felt it myself help i'm a performer and a parent i don't know what to do it's so stressful And I actually had a performer friend and mother ask me how I make quality time for my kids as a performer, particularly when I'm in a project or show that is just full on. And we know that when you're in that that mode, it's not just rehearsals, it's when you're home being able to have the mental space and capacity to get ready for that show. And my response is coming up. But before it does. Just a reminder that I have an amazing store on Amazon. It's filled with things I love for performers, but also for parents. It's got the books that I've read that have changed the way things work in my home. You'll find everything there that I use every day with my children. No point reading without applying the things that you think will work. I've worked with my husband to apply these things. It's transformed our home. You can find that store amazon.com slash shop slash Lara Bianca Pilcher or even easier if you follow my social media Lara Bianca Pilcher on Facebook Instagram you will actually find links straight to the storefront here's one of the questions that I got intentional quality time how do I find that when I'm in a project or a show so here's my response My schedule, you know, it changes like all of ours. It's inconsistent and it depends on the project or show that I'm involved with. I have a little framework that I'm currently using, which might not be relative to the actual parenting stage you're in, which I'll talk more about in a minute. But what I'm currently doing is spending an hour of quality time with my children when they're first home from school 
and then I return to my performance preparation work and other responsibilities. And the good thing about that is that I get that kind of went right when my energy focus dips, my children come home, which means I can get active, get my blood going again, have a coffee before I do more heavy focus work. So it actually works really well for me that way. Number two, get help in any way that you can. This seems obvious, but sometimes it's tricky, particularly for many performers who have moved and don't have family support around, which has been for me the majority of the eight years, actually nine now, my son turned nine, that I've been a parent. And I I have not lived in the same town for the entire time as my family. And I couldn't have a career that I wanted, of course, or work on projects or perform for a short season when my kids were infants. And that was okay. I expected it, but some people don't expect it. But taking the first six months off when a baby is born is difficult, but often needed. It's funny. There's a character in Wicked, um, the musical I remember in London, and the she actually plays a scene where she's pregnant and she really was pregnant. So it was actually cool that that was able to work in with the show. But when I had two babies, I had them 14 months apart. It's called Irish twins when they're a year apart. That's crazy. What that looks like is I've got a five um, month old that I'm holding and I'm pregnant again, which is crazy. Yes, not planned. That's another story for another day. But after I had Chaya, my daughter, she was three months old. I knew I needed an au pair to help me in London to juggle having two children that were in very early years it was just literally it felt impossible at times to manage both of them with no support day after day Um, so this is like I recommend this from three months old to at least the age of five um, that you have some sort of help if you don't like I did then you need to put something in place now au pairs are far more affordable than a nanny who comes and goes because an au pair actually lives with you and gets accommodation and meals and an allowance and it offsets actually the work you know they get the allowance but it offsets the work payment it's so much more affordable than paying an hourly rate for a sitter but not everyone has the capacity to put someone in their home and I totally understand that but I actually had my infant in my room next to my bed that's how they do it in London and then my son in the other room and the au pair in the other room so that worked for us even though we didn't have loads of rooms and later on my children shared a room in order that the au pair had their own room as well maybe not ideal but was a lifesaver for me again just no family in London it was my only source of childcare, and it really helped me I actually was able to not the same capacity as before, but would get to some training, get to the gym, get to classes. And I felt somewhat a sense of balance where before she had arrived, it felt very out of control to the point that, you know, it majorly affects your mental health. There's no shame in that. It's a very full on time of sleep deprivation. (laughs) So if you're going through that, I hear you. I've been there. I totally know. Cheering you on. Number three that really helps is planning meals. Another thing I do to assist with juggling is planning them on the weekend when my husband is home from work. I cook in advance to avoid busying up my weekday and my time with my kids. I've said it before, I'm really big on systems. Celebrate you. This is actually number four and it might sound strange, but often as parents, particularly mothers, we carry this shame like I'm not doing enough. I'm not this. I'm not that. 
but I have really worked to not carry shame in what I'm doing. I love being a performing artist. And I remember talking to a psychologist about it once when I was juggling, oh, do I leave Melbourne where they're so settled and I feel guilty as a mother and, I, and I've got this opportunity in California to be a professor of acting and wow, what an opportunity. Most people would love that. And I was struggling with the guilt of moving my children. And they just said, a few things. Following your dream shows your children how to follow theirs. And a sad and depressed mother, I think, is more damaging long term. An absent, depressed, down, that's going to affect the way you treat your children day after day. But I'm so energized and alive when I'm doing what I love. And I think that means a lot to at least think about these um, lines of thought, whether they're right for you. I like to show my children videos of what I'm up to, you know, video it, say, hey, look at this, look what mama's doing. Tell them it won't always be this busy after the show run. Reassure them, talk to them, don't hide things from them. They can feel everything, whether you're saying it or not. Number five, really big one is focus on connection. And I share this because it's what we do. And my top go-to resource books are actually listed. I'm going to talk about them, but they're listed on my Amazon store, amazon.com slash shop slash These resources have made our family feel very connected and there for each other, no matter how busy we get. Last year, I missed so much of you know time with my children due to working full time as a professor of acting in California. And I wasn't there for the afternoon school run anymore. I wasn't able to get to school presentations. That was hard for me. My husband did a lot of that stuff. But the books helped my husband and I still have a more calm, connected and peaceful home. I'll share more about those, but you can go and check out what they are. But there's more about those coming up. So how do I make my kids feel seen when my commitments contradict that can I still have a sense of connection absolutely here's some things that I've done that I recommend number one it's called special time and it saves time we do a cute little thing called special time it's not something I made up it's from the book peaceful parents happy kids by Laura Markham PhD special time is when your kids choose a 15 minute quality activity to do with you one day and I the parent would choose the activity the next day. So for an example, one day I might go, I've just got some toilet rolls and some markers. We're going to make little characters for 15 minutes. And I did in the beginning put a timer on, um, which might sound lame, but that's that actually really helped it. You know, you can spend way more time than, than this, but this is when you're busy. It's like that real intentional connection, one-on-one, we're doing this together. And it's not a lot of time, but I am 100% in and I'm not multitasking. My husband and I also use this uh, 15-minute special time connection when our kids' behavior is off, like you can tell they're off. Like when my children first moved to the US, they had that time of unsettling and their behavior is a little off. The answer wasn't screaming at them. It was actually connection, spending more time together, doing special time every day. Um, And also if you've got a son, my husband's really great at this when he sees Um, My son is just kind of spiraling um, and it comes from some of the books we've read as well as move it to lose it or move it or lose it. So he gets out, he kicks a ball with him and he gets that energy out that that's kind of pent up and it really helps 
to for my son to process those big feelings and you can find everything I'm talking about on the Amazon store number two do things together kids in some communities do life so much easier and I was really challenged when I read the book the hunt gather parent book it teaches parents how to bring kids into everything we do and you might think you're doing that and amazing if you do but honestly this is a completely different from western parenting but it's a really good read. The approach is that when we do things together, it is faster. The book calls it a comedido. And I've brought this word into our home and I've taken my kids to wash the car with me. We do it together and it's also time together. So errands can become rather than mum doing it, kids tagging along. It's like we do it together. I played recently on a Saturday morning, a cleaning play mix 30 minutes and when the music stopped after 30 minutes that was when we all stopped but the whole family cleaned the whole house together it's not you do your things and I do mine it's a team effort a comedido it's faster when we do it together rather than you go do that and that approach really brings connection and fun and this is when everyday life becomes connection and spending time with your children rather than sending them off to do a list of chores on their own It's not easy at the beginning to change the way we parent. When I first made these changes, I put lists on the fridge to remind myself and I would practice these new techniques just like anything. And then eventually it became habit and really did transform the way we do life together. Another question was, does doing what I love bless my kids or is it not a blessing to them basically? And I've done a lot of shows and I do come alive when I'm performing. I have more energy and my kids feel the joy when I'm with them. When I've performed in a kid's show, of course, my kids come along and enjoy seeing me on stage and screen. And one was films with close-up cameras and they don't remember, but they were there in the audience, but they were so little. I think they were under three. And I've just re-showed it to them last week. And they were like, wow, I didn't know you did this. I'm like, you were in the audience, but they can't remember it. So it's actually great to show them things like that. It encourages their creativity and it shows them what you do. It's funny, I had this whole career before they were even born. So they don't know me in certain capacities that um, I used to operate in in the arts that I'm not focused on other ones. But I've showed them mum on TV, explained that I'm a performer And they've enjoyed making acting videos sometimes and using their stories and and that creative expression. So I think I don't carry shame in what I do. I think it's a huge blessing to them, creativity. But I don't just focus on creativity. I focus on them being good academically and balanced. And, you know, a lot of people might go, encourage your children to be artists. Well, I I don't think that way. I think they should do what they show strengths and, and gifts in. And I encourage every area equally. And I'm not kind of biased towards pushing them into art because I know that's actually a very challenging career having walked it out professionally for so long. Well, here's another one. When being a performer means very little family time. So I'm going to tell you a story, an absolute true story that, oh, it's just full on. A very successful West End leading lady in London shared with me that after a decade of shows, she never saw her kids in the afternoons after school. And this was sadness and regret that she shared this with me and wish that she had missed a few shows I was actually pregnant in London at the time and she was sharing this with me she just wished that she'd missed a few shows to spend more time with them and the reality is is that theatre life has working hours that are not well suited to parent life once our children reach school age because contracts are often for Broadway and West End and tours you know a year long 
shorter show runs are easier on the family but call times you know could be anywhere between two to four that's your kids are getting home from school then you're out all night the children go to bed you get home late you wake up late because you need sleep and they've already gone to school so it can feel very impossible and while there are no easy answers here the choice for how you live your life and spend it rests with you and your family however if quantity time is unavailable scheduling a quality time maybe call it a special time when we are not performing is possible even if it's on FaceTime for a season removing all unnecessary activities from our life to focus on together time is also possible the book hunt gather parent I've mentioned has a lot of information and ideas for living this way in fact they talk about not doing activities that are just child-centric, child-centric, but doing activities that are family-centric, that the parents enjoy bringing kids into that rather than us just doing children things, which apparently is a very Western way of parenting. I was fascinated when I read that book to hear that toys only kind of came around because of the Industrial Revolution and before that children, and you know, did real, like real life stuff instead of, you know, toy knives. They actually were learning how with their mum in the kitchen to chop and to um, toy kitchen was because they would spend time with their parents in a real kitchen. So it really challenged me with a lot of thoughts that children don't need as many toys and activities as we think. I have another friend who performed in Cirque du Soleil for a year in Europe He's married and they had a young child and his wife toured to make this dream of working at this level a reality. And there were other families actually in the same um, tour, so they weren't the only ones. It's wonderful that companies allow that. It's just a beautiful thing. And if they don't, well, (laughs) I think that needs to be challenged. This was challenging, of course, for my friend for a period of time, not having her family around, but it is possible for a season to do these sorts of things. I know Broadway performers on tours, series regulars, filming away from home, doing the same thing. If the budget allows for a nanny with tutoring skills, it's a great way to make it work. Um, Obviously, some people like their spouse might not even have that flexibility so it doesn't become possible at all and that is hard but it is only for a season after all. I just want to finish with saying that parents I'm with you it's a juggle and there are no rules for how our lives should look as parents and as performers. However if our children see us following our dreams rather than carrying sadness because we gave it all up for inverted commas them It's a wonderful thing for them to experience, for them to witness. If you need extra help or want to chat to me, I am doing performance coaching now and you can find that at larabiancapilcher.com and I just want to say I'm with you on the journey, friends. Jump on my Instagram if you can and just let me know how it's going for you if you're a parent, if you're a performer, what you do to help the juggle. I would love to hear from you. Hit me up in my DMs or on Facebook Messenger, or in my comments, and see you soon. Hey, on my Facebook, there is a healthy, wealthy, wise artist group made up of a tribe of artists seeking to live the healthy, wealthy, wise artist life. They ask each other questions and throw around ideas. You can join the Healthy, Wealthy, Wise Artist Community private Facebook group at Lara Bianca Pilcher on Facebook under Groups. Phew, today's masterclass is done. I love reaching back and saying I've done this and helping you learn the easy way. 
If you want more, head to laurabiancapilcher.com for show notes, links, freebies, my blog, coaching and courses. And you can also head to my socials, laurabiancapilcher on Instagram and Facebook. I'm also on Twitter and Pinterest. Thanks again for listening. Please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. That would mean the world to me and I'll give you a shout out. And of course, keep on living the healthy, wealthy, wise artist living towards your dream life. Bye, friends. P.S. Shout out to my hottie hubby, Andrew Pilcher, who does all the editing on this podcast.